Progressive presents an interview with your upstairs neighbor. My name's Barry. I live right above you. I don't host parties. I host after parties. They're like parties, only louder and nobody goes home. You can see right here I ripped out all the carpeting because it was holding me back with my pogo stick. Man's got a pogo. Oh, I'm a prankster. I'll grease up a soda can and then when somebody grabs it, boom! <laughs> Progressive can't save you from your upstairs neighbor, but we can save you money when you bundle renters and auto insurance with us. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. You're listening to a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hi, this is Manjula Narayan, National Books Editor, Hindustan Times, and this is the Books and Authors podcast. It's a weekly podcast where I speak to authors who've got a new book out. Hi, so today I have with me Manjuri Indurkar, who's written this very powerful book. It's all in your head, M. Manjuri, uh, hi. Hi, Manjula. And uh, you know, I read the book in one go, and I found it like really, um, it really, uh, I don't know, you know, it's a memoir, and it's a very visceral, like like they've said in the you know the blurb at the back. Visceral is the word for it. So you want to like start with. Um, the experience of writing it sure um oh my god the experience of writing such a book is mm-hmm. horrifying uh like for the one year and like a few months that it took me to write this book i almost told all my friends to never write a memoir because it's it's really not a fun thing to do mm. uh and then telling me that oh come on uh it has to be great and i'm I I I was like scared all the time of reliving my past and some of the memories that I had comfortably blogged somewhere in my mind were all coming back I was having very fun flashbacks so I mean yeah the process was very very hard on me but thankfully I had a great support system to get me through it hmm. but also I mean when I was writing it I also had this feeling that it is something important that I am doing not just for myself but to push this conversation on mental health forward a little bit so i mean yeah hmm okay but it's not just mental health right it's also child, you know the related issues of like you know the 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 causes leading to the trauma you know child sexual abuse and which are like really i don't know they're very difficult subjects i mean to handle without uh, uh without kind of sliding into self pity yeah. you know and you have avoided that which i found uh, which is what i found great about the book you know so talk about i mean that itself must have been a struggle right so i really don't know if it was a struggle to not pity myself when i was writing about that hmm. because also i came to this book uh, mentally prepared okay. like I, i have been through that uh, period of self pity when i was just angry with whatever had happened to me and with people and then i had sort of like talked to a lot of people talked to my therapist hmm. understood the politics of what has happened to me and how rampant it is and and i didn't really find much merit in pity what i wanted to then understand was what exactly happens to uh, somebody when they go through something like this a trauma like this and how sometimes it can come to define your life and i was like very scared of you know that becoming the crux of not just this book but my life 
so i mean i i was very very sure that i wanted to talk about like the good things the great things that have happened to me like my life has not been one one big pity party it it has been great in yes. in many ways <laughs> one gets the feeling that you have a well rounded life and that one you know uh, if things have happened you've moved beyond that which is how you've managed to write this book with such honesty so uh, that definitely comes through but i was wondering you know uh, you, you've touched on such important things like even like when you talk about therapists you know your your experiences with yeah. your therapists <laughs> you know i mean there are parts which are comic and some which are not at all i mean you know like the therapist who crosses boundaries so talk about that because that's no while almost you so when it is happening obviously i didn't really understand that it was while or it i actually felt very good about like my therapist paying so much attention to me and you know mm. taking so much interest in these other things that i was doing like oh he wants my feedback on the things that he is writing and he wants my help with like starting a journal that he whatever aspires to start and and it was like terrific and i tell my friends and my friends were like well, this could only happen to you that like your therapist is also in awe so you know like that that it was like a great validation till it, it sort of stopped being that then it sort of became yeah. like what is happening i mean why am i friends with my therapist why does my therapist invite me yeah. have wine with him or you know for lunch yeah. or dinners or whatever like this is this is not how it is like where are the boundaries and i think like the yeah it really really hit me when he started almost gaslighting me by defending um. my ex's behavior and then i was like okay i i need to stop because i mean this is a person who who has influence on me i am vulnerable in front of him and and he is sort of doing mm. it to his i don't know why he was doing it but he was doing it so it was difficult and it is not even uncommon it happens a lot mm. like especially if you have therapists from like the, the similar circles they also have their own literary aspirations or whatever aspirations and they want to do things that you are doing and and it sort of can overlap and it shouldn't mm. i'm assuming that a lot of people will focus on you know the hair pulling and the sexual abuse but even this sort of thing you know it stood out for me as the, the kind of thing that happens but yeah. which isn't spoken about you know while writing a memoir you know you've done a persona right yeah. so uh, there's a d- distance between you and your experience so talk about how you manage that so i, I think i sort of grew more inward when i was writing this i wasn't talking to a lot of people i wasn't uh, talking to like some even close friends because i felt like if i talk too much about what is happening with me right now hmm. i may you know sort of leaking in some ways huh. and I, i it was like very important for me to hold it all in so that it just comes out on paper what i felt was that like if i keep telling them what is i mean i was whining about you know the process and like how hard it is for me and oh my god when will this end like all those things i was doing but i was actually talking over the concrete stuff of like what flashbacks were happening or what i was actually thinking about writing and and you know like i am asleep and suddenly i wake up with this idea with this memory that i have to now write down so like all that process was just happening for me and with me like i was not telling anyone 
so i had sort of like this life mm-hmm. in which i was just with myself and there was this other life where i had like my family and my friends and you know where we are talking about the things that we usually talk about food and bollywood and books and whatever else so like this this compartmentalizing really helped me uh, write this book because then i i could just like pay a specific attentions to the specific things that are happening in my life and i think mm-hmm. that is the only way i understand this entire process because it's it's just so internal it's just so personal like any writing is so personal like sometimes mm. i can't even write emails if there are people in my room so i really need my space and that is that is what like i constantly demanded my space so i'd wake up at 3 in the morning to write because everyone else was asleep and write till everyone is asleep and then just like stop for a while mm. you know those kind of quirky things while i was reading it i mean some of the bits are quite triggering you know mm-hmm. so i was wondering how uh, i mean like <laughs> there were parts when one's own anxiety kind of gets set off reading some parts okay, okay. so i was wondering how you even you're writing it you know you're flashbacking to these things i mean it's difficult right so talk about how you dealt with that okay lots of therapy okay lots and lots of therapy like my therapist my current therapist she was like constantly uh on i was talking to her on whatsapp and she was sending me these readings and sometimes even memes to help me with the process and uh, a lot of crying like i cried a lot like i had like, several breakdowns where i was like throwing things i just like wanted to throw things but i i am dramatic but like in a very controlled sense because i i then i really don't know how to explain but like i can't throw like bottles that can break so i have to throw things like pillows and bed sheets or <laughs> those kind of things i would like cry or just like go to my mother and like tell her that like maybe i shouldn't write this and my mother would be like okay it's okay now you've taken it up so you have to do it you know we'll have to return the money otherwise so <laughs> things uh but yeah i mean it was it was extremely hard but like like i said i had a lot of people around me to sort of humor me in my in my tantrums and in my breakdowns and and whatever else and so yeah i mean that sort of got me through my therapy my parents my friends uh, and like a lot of cinema a lot of watching films mm. other than the mm. reading of course but the books were mm. more for the book i was writing films were more for myself Yeah I like the Hindi film references because it's so seamlessly you know woven it wasn't it wasn't like you know sometimes when people write it's they, when they make references to you know urdu poetry or hindi hindi songs you know it's like very stilted yeah. but you've you've just incorporated it without i mean it's like how we think so yeah because that is pretty much my life like i am i, I mean i i really strictly believe in this that like I, i am a bollywood nut job like i don't think i would have survived without bollywood so it it mm. was my most like it was like the first thing i went to uh, whenever mm. something happened uh, it was like always there it was like a warm blanket for me it was always there like i could mm. escape into that world any time and uh, so i mean i i suppose it's seamless because it is a very important part of my life mm yeah the comfort of bollywood is underrated i feel you know so you know and also is wondering you know this thing about the central betrayal i mean i don't want to say who does the betrayal but you know because it would be a spoiler for readers i guess hmm. but how did you you know continue i mean how do you did you find it in yourself like you say that you know you're kind to uh, uh 
you know, you're kind to this person. You try to be kind to her in the book. But yeah, so how did you manage that, you know? And did you really manage that? Or was that just for the, you know, for the book? No, I mean, it wasn't just for the book. It is how I feel about that person. Hmm. Uh, I mean, I really don't know. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not a 20 year old anymore. No, no offense to all the 20 year olds. Uh, hmm. But I don't have that sort of rage left in me anymore. I mean, obviously, I was angry when it happened. Uh, mm. and and it hurt a lot and it still sort of impacts me sometimes mm. but also the thing is that a person is more than one mistake that they made and we had like a very long relationship like the foundation was not that weak for me to be unkind to him through and through I mean I, he messed up and I also messed up in many ways Uh no, I'm not talking. No, I'm not talking about. Uh, uh, I, I'm not talking about the boyfriend. Okay, okay, sorry. Oh well, the other the uh, okay, those guys. It is so. Not even those guys. I was talking about your grandmother, actually. Like, let's just you know. Okay. Since she got, since she discovered whatever happened and did nothing about it, so you know, I mean, I found that very appalling. So. So, I mean, yeah, it is appalling, but I, I write about my grandmother's history also in the book. Yes. And, and yes. I felt like it was very important for me to provide her some context because she was not a bad person. She was like wonderful to my mm-hmm. brother. She was good to mm-hmm. me uh, on many days, but she was this mm-hmm. complex, strange woman that she was. And I, I really, I really don't know. Also, like, I, I, I don't feel like I can... Uh, place anger without like a political context anymore like I I Mm. need to understand why a person has done something because it's not really a normal thing to do it's not really a normal reaction that like you see your grand granddaughter you know being assaulted and then you do nothing about it It, it's not normal so it has to have a reason and obviously I don't think that it was like a conscious decision she just she just didn't do anything so so I had to understand for that for myself and and of course I feel angry but I am also kind of letting go of that anger slowly mm. you know saying that it is happening every day but I, mm. I, I have to otherwise I mean I I don't know what to do with all the good memories I have with her so I mean okay. it's sort of like it has to coexist I mean she did this thing but she did other things also which were good she gave me little mm. so mm-hmm. I have to find mm. other things okay your relationship with your boyfriend, mm-hmm. yeah, that was complicated. But I, what I found interesting was how you uh, uh, you caught this bit about his relationship with his mother. Mm-hmm. And, and mother, uh, I mean, the mother sounds, I don't know, maybe I'm a very judgmental person, but she sounds terrible to be saying things about you in your presence in another language. But it's something that a lot of Indians do regularly. So, you know, and you've caught that also. So, you know. Yeah. She's not a horrible person. She's, I really don't know. I, I, I feel like, I mean, retrospectively, I think I should have written that character better. I should have done more justice to his mother because, I mean, she was a complicated person. She was a complicated person in the sense that, like, there is a lot of, like, the, uh, Bangladeshi Bengalis who sort of, 
came to India post partition and settled here. So like that, all of that partition anxiety, which I absolutely have no understanding of, which is why I was scared of even talking about it. But like, I mm. think that like a lot of her uh, obsessions with the sun and like obsessions with food and the thing, all these, these superstitions that she had, like there is like some connection to the anxiety that she has which is very partition related uh and mm. i don't completely understand that because because i can't i mean i'm not from that region so i didn't want to touch upon it but like she's not a bad person she, she is an oppressed person and like most indian women uh most indian housewives you know from a certain class background or caste background mm. the mm. caste here but i mean mm. so <laughs> I, I don't know how, I mean, I used to be angry, obviously, it was very difficult to deal with those things. But but now, I don't know, like when I'm writing about her, I have to find that core inside me that like that doesn't really make her the villain of my life. I, I, mm. really don't, know. I don't have any villains in my life. No, no, yeah, yeah, you know, don't worry. I'm not suggesting. I'm just saying that, you know, like, yeah, you yourself in the writing of it, you're very forgiving, you know, but when I'm reading it, I'm looking at these people and thinking, gosh, she's so forgiving. But these people, you know, some of these people, other people might have reacted, you know, maybe not so nicely to them. <laughs> this is what I mean. So even uh, even with the boyfriend and his constant emotional, you know, baggage and things like that. These are things that everybody deals with, but doesn't deal with in quite this way, I guess. And, and then can't write about it with so much power. So, you know. So clearly that's a journey that you've taken. Yeah, it also took me a while to sort of understand what was happening. And I took like a three-year-long break after the whole relationship to understand what happened to me. So, yeah. so I mean, yeah, it sort of is sorted in my head. I think like that is what comes across in the book. Hmm. And uh, have your parents read the book? I mean, and how have they reacted? They haven't read the book. We actually got the copies today. Oh, so... I really don't know if they will read. I don't even know if I want them to read. They know about me. Obviously, I, I, I have told them about it, like the difficult parts. Uh, okay. But, and it, it it was difficult for me to talk about it, but it was definitely difficult, harder for them to deal with yes. it because, you know, I've had this all this time to deal with all my crap. It just like has happened to them right now. So, so yes. I think that, like maybe they should read it after five years when you know the trauma is really past them. Hmm. That's Manjiri Indurkar talking about "It's All in Your Head," M, her absolutely visceral memoir. This was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.